Disclaimer, these are my stories, my memories, as I know as my own truth. As a victim, I will not be silenced. This is my truth and how I remember it. I am not liable for how anyone chooses to interpret these memories of mine. Anyone who may be referenced in this episode, of course, are innocent until proven guilty. lost? Do you have a hard time recognizing yourself and who you've become? Do you hear the words healing, journey, self-development, and have no clue what that even means or how you can even apply it to your current situation? The time for you to discover who you truly are and how to find that path back to yourself is here, right in this moment. If this is you, you've come to the right place. And if you're not quite there yet, but find other people's journeys inspiring, this is also the place for you. The truth is, everyone has a path of greatness that they are destined for. It's learning how to be quiet enough to hear your inner voice that will guide you on your journey to finding yourself again. My name is Rochelle Townsend, and I've been on this very same journey. A journey that started me questioning who I become, how I was showing up, and acting like a complete asshole to everyone who I love in my life. Join me every week as I share my own journey, thoughts, insights, and how I have connected the dots to every aspect of my life and course corrected to create the life I'm destined for, or me and one of my beautiful guests who will also be sharing their own healing journey filled with insightful and inspiring conversation. And while I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or have any medical background whatsoever, my journey is one that I hope you find inspiring, one that will lead you to turning inwards to figuring out your own path. Some of the stories I share may be triggering to some, so please know this podcast is for adults. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, Jesus. It's been a whole fucking month since I've been on here. Um, I didn't mean for that to happen, but I kind of sat down and I was thinking about, okay, so... I left off. I came back from Costa Rica. Shit kind of hit the fan at my house and um, basically started deep diving to therapy, couples therapy. Brent went to therapy. We all started therapy. I started going to Energy um, Healer Weekly. Um, So it was a lot. It was also during that time that I really started to turn to meditation So my meditation practice now is very different than what it was a year ago. So a year ago, my meditation was, I would do like a 20 minutes guided meditation, then maybe a 30 minute, 40, 50 hour, hour and a half. Um, There's quite a few um, apps that I use, some meditation apps, my, probably my favorite one that I use is the empower you. It's like 60 bucks a year and it has a bazillion guided meditations on their books, podcasts, all from these incredible spiritual leaders and healers. So that one's awesome. Um, another one that I used a lot too is insight timer. They have some guided meditations on there, but Primarily, I use that one. Um, they have a recording of just of the ums on there. So I will put those on sometimes. Um, and then also Dr. Joe Dispenza, his website. He's got a shit ton of 
meditations that you can buy and download there. So starting out in March, probably really March, April, May, I did a guided meditation every day and the length would vary. How that has grown um, to my meditation practice today, I do not do a guided meditation unless it's like in a group setting but I do meditate daily and I give myself an hour and a half. Some days I'm done in 25 minutes. Some days I'm done in 50 minutes. Some days I take the whole hour and a half, but I allot that time to whatever needs to come through, come through. And what's funny now, my meditation practice, like, it's like, I know when I'm done meditating. You know, like, it's not like, well, should I hang out in my subconscious a little longer in case more messages want to come through? It's like, I know when my meditation's over and everything just kind of comes to a stop. So like when people tell me, oh God, I could never meditate. That's something I've never, I can't quiet my mind. I can't do that. Well, no shit. It's very hard to quiet your mind. It's a practice. It's no, it would be no different than you saying that you want to run, um, you know, a marathon and then go sign up for one that starts tomorrow, right? You would put the practice in, you would start out with a mile, then a mile and a half, and then two miles, you know, like you would work your way up to the 26 miles. So I definitely am a strong believer in meditation. Meditation is how I am able to connect to my intuition. Uh, meditation is how I am able to connect to past loved ones. Um, meditation is also how my memories come through. And basically anything that I need to know or want clarity on or need guidance on, I take it, I always take it to meditation. So whenever, you know, I say I'm going to have to meditate on that, what I'm really saying is, I need to go find a quiet place so I can tap into my intuition so I can hear what my inner guidance system is telling me. Because your intuition, I think I've mentioned in past um, podcasts too, it guides you on everything. Your Anything that you would ever need to know about anything, it's all found within. And really, as the summer progressed... Um, I watched some documentary with, um, well, I had Dr. Joe Dispenza on it, but then like all these other, um, healers and spiritual leaders and talking about how, you know, people are capable of healing their own bodies and their minds and their souls. And Joe Dispenza talked about how he was in a bike wreck, broke his back. Doctor said that he would never walk again. And, um, he denied the surgery and I think for like the next six weeks would sit in meditation for like three hours a day, just visualizing his vertebrae and his spine healing like one vertebrae at a time. And eventually over the six weeks, he started to gain back, um, feeling in his arms and his legs and, to where eventually he healed his his whole fucking back himself. And obviously he walks and runs and jumps and bikes and it completely healed his body. So it was after I watched that documentary this past summer, that is when I decided 
I was getting more out of my meditation practice as far as healing myself and processing and working through things than I was actually sitting down and talking with my therapist. So I wouldn't recommend, I'm not going to recommend like therapy's bunk because I thought therapy was very helpful, very insightful, but it got to the point, um, anything that was troubling me, I took it all to meditation anyways. And then I would just be talking about my meditations to my therapist. Well, I also talk about my meditations to my energy healer and she helps me interpret them. She helps me interpret if there's any sort of symbolism or this came through or what does this mean? You know, so she really helps guide me in my meditations to finding out more. So that was kind of my decision to leave therapy mid to late summer of last year because I felt like I was getting more healing from turning inwards to my meditation. So all of this to say is my meditations are really fucking powerful and I love having that time to myself. I love the messages that I'm receiving. My meditations have now evolved to where, you know, I get different spirits, different energies, different guides will come in. They will present themselves to me. Um, so it's pretty powerful, um, becoming that spiritual with myself, something that, I mean, I never would have dreamt in a million years would have been possible or even a possibility, um, or really probably even something on my radar until my Costa Rica trip, when all of that with my sexual abuse was presented to myself. So from March to really Christmas of last year, everything kind of starts bouncing around. So I thought the easiest way for me to kind of group um, so I don't lose everyone's attention and um, confuse everybody is just really kind of group um, like over the next eight months. So the first one that I'm going to group is really just talking about my grandmother um, because I had different memories and visits from her, like over the course of four or five months. So it very much bounced back and forth with her. Um, so I think instead of going chronologically in a timeline, like this happened in March, this happened in April, um, I think I'm just going to kind of group them together going forward. So this podcast is all going to be about my grandmother. She was the one that walked in. Um, when my grandfather was raping me. Um, and so a shit ton of emotions kind of came up with that. Um, because my first initial thought was like, why didn't she save me? Why didn't, why didn't she tell anybody, you know, a bunch of whys. And I had a really close relationship with her my entire life. Um, she died when I was 17 so it was really kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. Like I had a million excuses. It was a different time back then. You know, what would her neighbors think? What would her friends think? You know, I had all these excuses for her as to why she did not tell and help me. Um, but it really wasn't until um, the entire story presented itself during my meditations that I fully understand the whys and what happened. And that did not come through my very first, when my memory came through with my grandpa and she walking in and catching us, I did not 
piece all of this together until multiple months later. And again, this all came through with from my meditations. So I just kind of jotted down some notes and I just kind of wanted to go through that um, and kind of my realizations and insights and visits and whatnot from that. Um, I will go ahead and put a disclaimer on here too. Like I've mentioned, all of this came through with my meditation. Um, this is my truth as I know it. And I have been told multiple times from my therapist and energy worker, I cannot control how others perceive, how others react, um, what other memories, what other people's memories are. All I can say is this is my truth and my memory as I recall it. So, okay. So the day of, um, you know, my memories that then eventually came back through when she walked in to the bedroom and caught him on top of me, she immediately like grabbed the dresser, you know, like she was about to fall over, started crying. And then of course she called for me, um, to come to her. Um, my grandpa told her that I had walked in on him getting out of the shower. So that's where that memory, um, came from. I don't know if I mentioned that last week or not, or last month, but so anyways, she walked in, she kind of was about to fall over, grabbed the dresser to steady herself, started sobbing. And then her and I went into the bathroom together. Um, it was in the bathroom, um, you know, she was sobbing, she was kneeling down on her knees and she was already rubbing her forehead and her temples as if she was starting to get a headache. You know how you start to rub your forehead and your temples and she was crying and she was hugging me and she told me that she would make everything okay, that she would take care of it and that she was so very sorry. What I now know, um, again, these memories bounced around, but then what also came through, my grandmother had an aneurysm and she happened to have her aneurysm that night. And that was June 13th. No one as of now has ever fact checked that June 13th because the June 13th date came through in a meditation. But the morning of June 14th, I can remember my dad um, telling me that grandma had a really bad headache and she was in the hospital and we didn't know if she was going to be okay. So instantly I, the story that I told myself was that I caused that headache. I caused her pain. I caused her to be in the hospital. So the story then that I internalized until my 42nd year of life, um, was when I do bad things, I hurt people because I had a lot of shame about what happened between me and my grandpa. And obviously I, you know, feeling like I did something wrong or somehow it was my fault. Um, obviously looking back now, I know that's not true. She had, um, it's never the victim's fault. And i for Christ's sake, I was five. Um, so anyway, so I knew that she had an aneurysm that night and that was June 13th. Um, another memory that then also came through when she was dying, she ended up dying of cancer years later. And I can remember visiting her when she's literally laying in bed dying. 
And she just kept apologizing to me. She's so sorry. And at the time I thought she was apologizing to me, you know, for dying, for basically being there sick and helpless. But it came back through my meditation. She was not apologizing for dying or for being sick. She was actually apologizing for never um, do anything about walking in on me and my grandpa. And I know in my heart of hearts, she totally would have had she not had her aneurysm. Her aneurysm, obviously, um, she survived it, but it's a brain injury and it completely altered her personality um, for the rest of her life. She was um, in rehab for like two years, getting her speech and vision and walking back. Like it was a huge long process. I can totally remember her having eye patches on her eyes at months at a time when she was going through all of that. So um, the aneurysm was definitely a really big um, piece in that, that, um, you know, kind of gave me some serenity in the story that she never did anything to save me or to help me um, was because, you know, her head basically fucking exploded that night. Um, so that was that. When that all kind of came through, I remember sharing that with Shaney, um, my energy healer. And Shaney said, well, your grandmother's here. And I said, oh, like right now, you know, I'm thinking like her spirit is there with us. And she's like, well, yes, she's here with us right now, but she's also always with you. It's almost like Rochelle. She's like, I just keep seeing like a hook, like in the middle of your belly. Like she's like tethered to you. Um, it's like, she won't leave your side. She's, she's, has been with you since she has passed, um, protecting you. And as soon as she said that, and I said, you know what, that makes total sense. I said, do you know that Madeline, my daughter was due June 13th and she was actually five days late. She didn't, she was not born until the 18th. And I know that the day that my grandpa raped me was June 13th. So I instantly knew that my grandmother wanted to make sure that the day um, my first child was born had nothing to do with that date um, of what happened. So that was the first one. And then I said, and then I go, and then, you know what else, Shady, is weird? I go, I was in the hospital when Madeline was a year and a half. I had a gallbladder attack. And I was in the hospital for five days and the doctors were waiting for the gallstones. I had a gallstone that was trying to pass. And so they couldn't take my gallbladder out until the gallstone passed. I said, so for five fucking days, I'm in the hospital. I'm just in pure pain, pure agony. I don't get to eat. I'm just puking, all doped up. Just, you know, they're scanning me every morning to see if this gallstone has passed. They can take my gallbladder out. And finally, on the on the fifth day, I guess it was really the fourth day because I stayed one other day after surgery. The surgeon came in and he said, you finally passed that gallstone so we get to operate today. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like I'm in so much pain. Like I cannot wait to have this done. And my dad came down that morning 
And I'm like, hey, you just missed the surgeon. Um, they're going to take me back at nine o'clock and take my gallbladder out. I finally passed that gallstone. And I remember my dad saying, oh, well, that's good. Because, you know, today's Grandma Mary's birthday. So she will definitely be there with you protecting you. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good to know. Like, I didn't know it was her birthday. So, like, those were two times that instantly came to my mind when Shani said that my grandmother was always there, almost, like, tethered to me, protecting me. And those were very two specific times I can recall. And Shani said, and as beautiful as your grandmother's energy is, she said, Rochelle, that's her energy, and it needs to stay with her. You can no longer carry her energy with you. You need to let that go. And I could force her to come through right now, but I don't think she would appreciate it or you would appreciate it. But I think in your meditation, you should call her forward because I know you have some things to say and she has some things to say as well. So the next morning I did just that. I took it to meditation and in my meditation, um, she came up right away. Like as soon as, as soon as I was under her face was there immediately. And, um, we sat down, she had this recliner that she always would sit in and I would sit on this little stool in front of her with like a TV tray and her and I would play old maid for hours together. That was our thing. And so when she came to see me in my meditation, we were sitting in the exact same spot and, uh, I told her I had so many beautiful memories with her that I could not let this memory of her not helping me tarnish that. And it was making me really, really sad. And she said, when she walked in on that day and saw him on top of me, she said, everything that I had suspected to be true about my own daughters, I instantly knew was true. And I just couldn't physically take it. My body could not physically take the stress and the agony and the anxiety that I instantly felt seeing it with my own two eyes something that I had felt in my gut for years had happened, but I never had any proof. Um, so anyway, she said it was too much for her body to handle and her body reacted with an aneurysm. Um, she also told me that I'm stronger and braver than she could have ever imagined being. And she was so proud of me for taking the steps, the hard, difficult steps that I had taken um, by going to the police and filing a police report and, you know, my whole dad's side of the family not talking to me, pretty much have all shunned me. Not single one of them have ever called to even discuss. I guess they're not pleased with how I chose to handle the situation. I don't know. Again, I can't control how people react. Um, but my grandma also then told me that she was very sorry that it took me this long to piece together what had happened to me. Um, 
but she also felt very confident that I was in a good spot, that I can handle whatever was to come to me going forward, and that she wanted to release herself from me. She said there was other family that needed her help, and she couldn't be tethered to me any longer. But if there was ever anything I ever need from her, all I have to do is ask, and she'll be there in a heartbeat. Um, so, you know, we hugged, and I told her, yes, of course, I'm ready for her to leave. And in my meditation, once I told her that I was ready for her to be untethered for me, it was like um, the middle of my stomach, really where my gallbladder was taken out. It was like my chest like completely expanded. And it was like I could physically feel a release right there in, in the middle of my stomach. So I physically felt her energy leave. So that was pretty cool. Um, one of the foreshadowing that also came through, you know, during this bouncing around over multiple months, when I was in college, my degree is in painting and I minored in sculpture. So for my senior thesis, I had to put on a, um, oh fuck, like an exhibit of my paintings and sculptures and, um, you know, it was open to the public and there was an opening and all of that. So, you know, you had to plan out what your pieces were, kind of pick a theme and compile your artwork in that manner. So my show <laughs> was paintings, like little vignettes of scenes inside people's homes. There was, and it was dedicated to my grandmother. So I had a painting of her chair that she sat in and the same chair that she was sitting in when she came into my meditation. I had a picture of her um, bed and it was the bed where she laid dying, but it also was the bed that my grandfather raped me on. Of course, I didn't know that then. I didn't know that consciously then. I also have a painting of the dresser, um, the dresser that she grabbed her, you know, studied herself with and basically fell on. Um, and then that was also the scene, that dresser, where I was standing in front of my naked grandfather. So all these little paintings, all these little vignettes, they were very voyeuristic. I even had a painting of my, um, inside my parents' bedroom. And then being a sculpture uh, minor, I built the frames for them, but all the frames were like miniature windows. So it was like you were a voyeur, like looking into the window, like they had window panes, latches, curtains, like it was a miniature fucking window and what you would see looking into that window. So I was reflecting back on that. I'm like, well, that was kind of fucked up. And the name of my show, um, again, cause it was dedicated to my grandmother 
Um, the title was Just As a Snowflake Melts, Memories Fade. Like my whole body just covered in goosebumps right after I said that. Um, so that's pretty fucking crazy. Crazy to look back and reflect upon. So anyways, all this to say, these are all my memories about my grandmother. Um, it's beautiful. We're in a great place. She's definitely one of my spirit guides. She comes and sees me in meditations quite often. Um, and that's really cool. Sometimes when I'm doing walking meditations, I can hear footsteps. And I'll be like, who's there? And her face will pop up. So that's really cool to and very comforting to know that anytime I want her, she's right there. And um, yeah, so those were all the realizations and the synchronicities and um, kind of what occurred in regards to my grandmother over the course of eight months. So I think next week, I'm going to kind of talk into some more of the realizations that I've had over the last year. And then um, I've kind of laid, laid everything out, um, you know, other predators, because I end up um, remembering four, four predators total. Um, my thoughts on my marriage um, my spirit, my spirit team, um, guides, energy. I took a trip to Mexico in September for another soul searching cleanse. And then, um, kind of like where I'm at now and what my next steps are in my healing journey, because there's definitely no finish line. It's a journey, right? So, I can go ahead and speak to like how I feel right now. I right now mentally and emotionally, I feel to be in a really good place. I feel um, I'm through at least one whole layer of an onion, right? So I feel really good that way. I'm still meditating every day, um, but now my self healing journey is kind of leading me down a different path. So I'll get more into that in the coming weeks. And I guess it's just a good place to stop as any. Um, thank you for listening and I'll uh, record and be on here next week more consistently.